Welcome to another Open Pantry podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in for another episode. As this week goes on, we are going to talk to uh, amazing people with inside the hospitality industry, um, talking about things that I call the unsexy things, but are the real important parts of the hospitality industry making them go. So next is Mark Sedweeks, who is the head of sales for my guest list. And if you haven't heard of my guest list, we're going to get into it right now. It's an amazing CRM database, uh, which is basically helping you to increase revenue and profits. So fantastic to welcome Mark to the show. Thanks for having me on, Sean. Um, fantastic to have you on, mate. Um, Thank you. I um, appreciate you coming on, especially as I said in the intro, like the the thing that the hospitality industry is doing much better at at the moment is thinking about all the things which I call back of house operation systems that are really critical in this day and age and making sure that your hospitality venue is, is really firing on all cylinders, um, whether we've got a pandemic or not. So um, fantastic to have you on the show, but let's, let's start out in how you started out in your career and then, and then maybe how, you know, the journey of my guest list and how it's been, uh, how it's come to where it is now. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much. Look, I, uh, I started actually out in hospitality uh, front of house, like um, I suppose a lot of people that have found themselves in, in my position, you know, back of house now. Um, I, I worked at a pub while I was, uh, I was actually studying hospitality management at, at university. So I worked my way. Yeah, in Melbourne, yeah, and the uh, eastern suburbs, which was, uh, which, which was uh, a, a cool little pub to work at. And um, sort of just initially it was a, a job I took over over Christmas holidays when I finished year 12 and it was, you know, just working in the bistro, pouring beers for people, serving people plates of food and, mm-hmm. and the like. And, and that quickly grew into, you know, working in all, all parts of the pub. So they had a, a gaming room, a, a sports bar as well, they had a bottle shop. So I sort of, you know, experienced all facets of it and mm-hmm. um, eventually moved into to a bit of management there as well, which was um, certainly interesting, but, but quite demanding. And um, as I was approaching the end of that, that third year of, of uni, um, I was offered a, a role at a, a technology company. I, I must say, I sort of took it not really knowing what it was about, but I thought, oh, there's a, there's a salary and um, something to do straight out of, out of university. And um, that was at a company called ResPack, who were one of the first, um, I suppose, computerized restaurant reservation systems anywhere in the world. Um, and they, they'd started up as a company in 1983. ResPack was, was launched in 94. So I was, I was there in 2008 and um, was essentially just helping businesses who, who we'd, um, who'd take on our product, get up and running, training, assisting them getting all going. I was, I was doing a bit of traveling overseas, which was, was pretty cool because they had some, uh, some contracts with some of the big hotel groups. And I suppose that evolved into a bit more of a, a sales role there and, and actually going out there and, and pitching. And, and it, was, it was an interesting time because while we were sort of first to market in Australia with doing online bookings and, and the like, there were, there were other players coming into the scene as well, like, like Dimmy now, who's I suppose TripAdvisor and uh, a few, few other um, competing products were, were coming into uh, into the hospitality space as well. So, um, and I guess through that as well, I, I started to see the value of, of with these other providers of, of actually collecting data and then owning data. And uh, Damien and, and his team um, then sort of approached me and said, oh, we'd love you to come on board. We're, we're really keen to sort of grow our product in the in the restaurant space here. And um, would, would you be interested in, in helping out? So, so after seven years with, with ResPack, I, I moved across to, to my guest list. And and that's where it sort of really evolved for me and, and helping those venues to, you know, integrate and, and pull all their data together from their, their various systems. I mean, back, back then it was really just things like reservations, but, but now there's, there's a range of things. There's online ordering, there's, there's loyalty programs, there's Wi-Fi, there's, 
you know, business is trying to get creative with how they create data, uh, sorry, collect data as well. And uh, I suppose it's, you know, it's stuff that's been happening in other industries for a while, but, but I suppose relatively new for hospitality in this country. So that's, that's sort of really where I've, I've come from, you know, to, to where I am now with, uh, with my guest list. What have you sort of seen happen in the last sort of seven or eight months? Like we're talking, we're having this podcast in November. Um, you know, it's been seven or eight months of this, this COVID situation happening. Like you're supporting like a lot of venues um, around the country. Like what have you seen happen to your clients over that period of time? We, we've seen a lot of them get quite creative. So I, I suppose initially when, when we went into a lockdown and, and that was obviously unforeseen here, um, you know, very quickly, veggies are thinking, okay, how do we keep our offering that, that we're, we're providing to diners in venue? How do we get that out to them, um, you know, at home? So I really liked the idea of, of businesses creating take-home packs and, and improving yes. their, their takeaway offering. So rather than, and I've always been really sceptical of, you know, obviously a pizza travels well, you know, fish and chips is all right, but how do you get, you know, a nice steak home or, or that sort of stuff in some of those yeah. venues? So, you know, venues offering, um, you know, the ability to be able to, to drive those, those products out to you. Yes, you, you finish it off at home. I think, I think that was really great. Um, from our clients, we saw a lot of them, you know, use our ticketing platform to, um, I suppose, be a little bit creative, not selling a ticket, but people being able to do pre-ordering and, and that worked. And then obviously there were some other providers that were out there as well that have been really great in, in getting that online for, for those um, for, for those venues. And, and then I guess as well, like, you know, the value of their database became even, even more important for them because uh, they're closed and obviously everyone knew they're closed, but what were they now doing? Were they still open? Was there a takeaway offering? Um, even the venues that weren't necessarily or didn't move to that takeaway still needed to communicate with their customers because at some point, we were going to come out of lockdown and the last thing you needed to do was lose a bunch of customers because they forgot you. So that, that communication was, was really important. And, and we put something together as well. We had a, we have a you know, massive um, number of clients that work with us, but we don't own the data, like the venues own it themselves. So we put together an initiative called Project Unity. So essentially what we did is we'd group up five or six venues sort of in similar geographical regions and said, Hey, each of you put up a, a special offer for what you're doing for takeaway. We'll go group it together and then, build it into an email campaign, which you can then each send out to your respective databases. So for, for a venue that had, you know, 10,000 people on a database, we, we go and find five others that had 10,000 and, you know, basically they were getting a reach of 60,000 when, when they were sending their campaigns out. And, and I guess that Project Unity concept came about that whole, you know, we're, we're in it together. We're trying to help one another out there. And uh, that was really great. We ran that in, in Melbourne and Sydney and, and Brisbane and, and had a number of venues take that up. Um, and then look, I suppose that, that ran for about three or four weeks and then, I suppose sentiment changed and there was a bit of positivity around things are going to be opening up again, yeah. you know, venues moving back to, all right, well, how do we, you know, maximize diners in the venue? So again, coming from my reservations background, I was really pleased to see some venues start to, uh, I suppose, make use of their table management systems and turning tables. I mean, when you can only fit 20 or 40 people in, in a venue that can normally have 150, you know, maximizing every seat became so important. So mm -hmm. uh, that, that was really great. But again, communication was important, you know, these are our sitting times, you know, make sure you get in early. Uh, you know, venues might release tables, you know, for their weekends, you know, two or three weeks in advance. So again, getting that message out to, to people through their database was, was, was really important. And again, back on our ticketing, there was, there was venues using that as well, taking that prepayment, showing that we weren't going to have no shows and, and the like too. And um, we also, 
you know, like, like everyone else, we put out a, a check-in app. And what we did a little bit differently there was, was we offered it for free. And I think a lot of people have asked us, well, what's the catch? And mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest, there's a little bit of a, a marketing initiative there as well. We, you can get to talk to a lot of businesses. But at the same time, we also felt that if, if we're uh, tooling venues up with, with the right tools to be able to operate and stay open and mm-hmm. collecting data for contact tracing purposes is paramount and getting on top of this virus, then giving something away for free does have a flow on effect for us because it means that, you know, venues don't panic. They don't want to cancel their subscriptions. They're not asking for discounts because they're not closed down. So um, the, the check-in app has been really great for us. And, and we've seen, um, you know, thousands and thousands of, of pubs and restaurants and bars and the like take us on. And it's actually flown um, outside of hospitality a little bit as well because a lot of businesses who, who frequent those venues have said, oh, actually, this is a really cool tool. I can use that. So um, it's, it's, it's been a great initiative, I think, think of our business to, to have that out there and, um, you know, offer that to the venues as well. Has it been a challenge, if you talk about the, the um, you know, the COVID tracing app for a second, has it been a challenge as yep. a big business like you guys are, obviously looking after the whole of the country to have, you know, different... <laughs> different requirements in different states by different governments. Like, you know, I know that one government will need that data stored for over 50 days where some will only yeah. store for a couple of weeks. Like it must be yeah. quite confusing for a brand like yourself. It, it, it was, but I guess early on we found out quickly what those requirements were. And, and so every state but Queensland was 28 days on storing that data. Yes. Um, Queensland was 56 days. Um, what what we, we did was when a, when a venue actually signs up or a business signs up, they choose a time zone. And depending on the time zone that you select, will then enable either the 56 days or the 28 days. Yes. Um, and obviously, Brisbane's now an hour behind as well. So from actually tracking the date and time, that's important anyway to make sure you select a Brisbane. So mm-hmm. that, that we've been able to stay on top of. And then, and then periodically, we're reviewing uh, what comes out from, from the governments as well around um, those, those data requirements and how long you can keep the data for. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the one thing that was a little bit of a challenge was um, all of the government stated that, you know, obviously the data can only be used for contact tracing purposes. But um, yep. if you had a dedicated opt-in box for, for yes. marketing, um, you could keep that data longer, but it had to be obviously unticked. The diner had the choice or the, the person checking in had the choice where they ticked it. Now, Queensland actually, uh, we, we had the Queensland police contacts and say, you can't do that here. We're not interpreting it that way. So we, we're obviously disappointed on behalf of our, of our clients, but, but we were able to switch it off. And, and I guess that was something that we're, we're ensuring that businesses are, are following what the requirements are and, mm-hmm. and you know I guess if you're doing it by pen and paper or, or using you know Google Forms or anything like that it, it means you're not necessarily going to stay on top of that so we've been able to to be on top of that on behalf of the venues um, obviously there's some some venues and groups up there that are really disappointed they can't do that but but we've got a little bit creative you know it takes them to a screen once the diner checks in they've got the, the screen with the green tick you know thanks for checking in we can put a banner out on there or we can put something on there that says you know if you you do want to join our mailing list or you want to enter a competition or whatever but they're allowed to do that because it's it's very it's very much separate to the whole checking process. You have to then physically click on something, loads up a page, you can provide your details. So we're, we're trying to help venues out where we can with that sort of stuff, particularly in Queensland. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm curious what the Queensland government was thinking there. They must have been thinking, oh, it's kind of like when you read a document or an update of a, something on your app or something like of your own phone and then you're going to tick everything because you don't want to see in terms of conditions and then you're not going to realise yeah. like, that's a bit of Yeah, a- correct. Yeah, correct. And it was the thing is, is, is it was, uh, it was more the Queensland police saying, this is how we're interpreting it. And, and we had a few, yeah, we had a few conversations with them, but, but ultimately, look, we don't own the data. So, um, and we, we, we went into bat for the venues, but that was, that was their ruling. And we said, yeah, okay, well, let's, let's protect the venues. The last thing we need is, is a venue to get, you know, in, in trouble. And, and then they come to us and they said, well, why didn't you look after us? So we said, you know, let's just switch it off. 
Um, yeah. it's, it's easier. And, and look, I know, I know there's, there's some other platforms out there that have, that have neglected that and that, that's mm-hmm. fine. But I guess we're, we're just trying to protect ourselves and, and all of our clients as well. So, um, yes. Yeah, and, and look, data integrity is really important to us at the end of the day. I mean, that's, that is our core business. So, um, you know, the last thing we need is to be thrown in the bucket of, 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 a, of a cowboy with this sort of stuff. So that, yeah. that's why we made that decision. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Were you guys, you obviously would have been pretty excited. The positive I'd imagine coming, coming out of that lockdown period and people and owners and, and managers really focusing on their CRM databases and how they can communicate with their customers. Do you think that's something that sort of, you know, lived on in other states? I know we've just come out of lockdown here in Melbourne where we both reside, but like in states yep. like New South Wales and Queensland and Perth and stuff, like uh, do you find your clients are much more considerate of their actual CRM database and how they can utilize that to, you know, to gain more sales? 100%. And, and I, think, I think they've really understood the importance of being able to segment the data as well. So um, I, I think from, from our point of view, we've always been pushing the message that, you know, one size doesn't fit all. Stop, you know, stop just blasting stuff out to mm-hmm. your database just because you've got the name in an email it doesn't give you the right to do that yeah. um you know if, if there's somebody who dines send them stuff about dining if there's somebody who only does takeaway send them stuff about takeaway it might be crossover that's fine but we can see that data we can uh you know i suppose provide them with the tools to, to maximize that so that's been really important but even in i've certainly had conversations with venues in, in the other states that, that weren't locked down um and this is since since they came out of their first lockdown saying we need to get a CRM in order. We, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. I mean, while COVID's around, I guess at any point, any market could go down with a, with a lockdown and they're going to have to move back to takeaway. So they're saying now's the time for us to, to get our, our data together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to, you know, we've, we've got a reservations system. We've been doing online already now. We've, we've got the data we can start using. We want to start using it so that, you know, we've, we've almost got an insurance policy in place if, if something does happen again in the future. And, and it's, it's quite possible it will. I mean, we're seeing what's happening in Europe at the moment, gone into winter, UK's locked down, France, they're all locked down again. Uh, they'll, they'll most likely be in longer lockdowns than they were the first time as well. We know that from experience down here. So, um, you know, if a vaccine doesn't come into play by sort of March, April next year, you know, some markets may, in that, may be in that situation where, where they do. So, you know, yeah. as I said, it's an insurance policy. Get ahead. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that um, connection that you were talking about as well, like with Project Unity and, um, you know, five to six venues getting together and doing a combined sort of mailing list, like... Do you think that unity will stay within venues? Do you do you think that they'll they won't be as competitive anymore, and they'll and they'll start to sort of do you know collective kind of marketing decisions? I, I suppose I'd like to think so. Whether whether that's the case, I don't know. I suppose early on, what was really great about that is that we spearheaded it. So it wasn't yeah. like we put the five venues or six venues in contact with one another. We yeah. we told them who they'd be partnered with. Okay. Um, and then we said, put forward your offer. And then we went to put together the campaign. So we basically did, did the, did the work for them. But, um, and then we said to them, you know what, it'd be great if you could share it on your social media channels and you know, through LinkedIn and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, because I think it ultimately posts them in a, in a pretty good light. Um, you know, we are, we are working with venues. Um, I mean, I've always been a big fan of, of businesses, you know, doing joint ventures anyway. I mean, whether it's, you know, the, the little, the little, you know, the little restaurant in, in, in Bourne, you know, saying, well, we'll partner up, not necessarily with another restaurant or, or, or hospitality, but, but another business to say, well, what can we do together to help one another out and, and that sort of stuff. I think that yeah, word of mouth marketing is obviously, you know, still works these days and, and that's a good way to do it. Um, I think, though, that there's been, 
I mean, Shane Deli has got his Provador now, which which I really like, and and, and that's you know again that, that take home concept's been really great, and I guess that's probably creating a bit of a community of you know, these are venues that that, that do that are on Provador and, and do that sort of stuff. So I think with with initiatives like that, um, and, and I assume Shane's got plans to keep that sort of long term, um, then then that's going to I think mean that, that these venues do not necessarily always see themselves as as competing for the same person. Um, that that there is an opportunity, and there's enough there's enough of an audience to go around as well. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think, Mark, if I can ask you, like, do you think you have an understanding of who's going to be, like, venue-wise, who's going to be hit hardest by this crisis? Like, do you think there is going to be a difference in, in, and in different states as well? Like, do like I'm hearing from people I speak to in Perth or as people I speak to in Brisbane, um, especially like it just feels like almost COVID didn't exist at some point. You know what I mean? It's very different, obviously, what we lived down here in Victoria, but yeah. You know, do you have an understanding of sort of where the market's going to sit? I think I was talking to somebody the other day, and and they put forward a really, I suppose, good thought. They're they're involved in in um, organising visas for a lot of the international students that that come in mm. and then go off and work in hospitality. Yes. Um, now, obviously, there's been no international students coming into Australia since February or March, whatever it's been, and and you know they're still unsure when that will open up to um, the rest of the world. I mean, if their borders stay shut, well, then that's not happening. So, and he was suggesting that around about a third of those students that come in take jobs in hospitality. So I think the the, the biggest uh, challenge for hospitality is going to be getting staff, and and then and then obviously the following, and it's always been an issue of, of good staff. So I think what what we're starting to see is businesses and venues in particular saying, all right, I've got potentially limitations on how many staff I can have because they're just not available. Yes. I've got to make sure that they're focused on high value tasks. Mm-hmm. So if I can use technology to automate anything or I can make my life easier, you know, simple like when I, well, this is what we used to sell when I was with the reservations. It's like, why pay somebody to stand there and answer the phone for eight hours a day from nine to five when you could outsource it to the internet? I think businesses are really seeing that now. And then I suppose, you know, with what we offer with the ability to help collate data automatically so you're not having to export and import into a MailChimp and that sort of stuff, like let's let's have it all tied together so it's all sticky, um, set up some marketing automation, you know, channels to push stuff out, you know, in the lead up to people's birthdays or win backs or that sort of stuff. So the online ordering is massive now. I mean, you know, picking up the phone and, and calling is, you know, it seems like what, why would I do that anymore? I can, I can, I can go to an app or I can, you know, go to their website and order. I, I think that's where, where um, the industry is, is going to be heading. I mean, it was always going there anyway, but it's funny right at the start of the year, that, that was, that was my line with, with, with my team was like, it's bloody 2020. Like, why yes. are we doing stuff that a computer can do? Yes. Um, you know, we, we don't mail letters to people anymore. I mean, it's the oldest one, but like, you know, you, you, you do it, but your email, because it's efficient, it's quick, and you can get a response straight away, all those sorts of things. So I think that, you know, we're a bit slow in hospitality sometimes to pick up on those trends, but, but yeah. that's certainly what we're, what we're seeing out there now, which is, which is really great. It's a really good point though. Do you, have a, do you have any insight as why we are slow to pick up those trends? Because I feel like, as you just said, we've been hit with two different things in what you just said in, in that force into technology. So the first being lockdown, obviously into, you know, delivery, into pickup, into contactless, all these different things that um, into retail products for some venues and that kind of stuff, stuff that restaurants did not want to touch at certain levels. Yeah. And now having a, you know, um, the fact that it's so hard to recruit team now because we've got, a great majority of venues back, which is fantastic news when we were talking about potentially 50% closure six months ago. Mm, um, yeah. 
and but because we've lost a lot of international um, international students, especially, we've got we don't have enough people to work in the industry. So therefore, it's going to get to automation with things like ordering and QR codes. Um, Correct. Like, do you under like so? Therefore, in 2021, we're going to be where we should have been sort of three years ago, and where Absolutely. a lot of other industries were ten years ago. Like, do you have an understanding of why it's just taking us so long to kick this can down the road a bit, Mark? I I, I think it's it's education, to be honest, and and I think a lot of look. I think a lot of the big groups and, uh, you know, whether restaurant groups, pub groups and that sort of stuff, they've, they've got resources to, you know, hire staff, you know, marketing teams, for instance, who will go out and research the best CRMs and how do we use that data and that sort of stuff. Yes. They understand it. But those owner-operator businesses, we know they're doing, you know, 20-hour days type thing. So, mm -hmm. but, and they already feel like they're slammed with having to do so much, you know, jump in the kitchen because, of, you know, the, the, the guy didn't come in or whatever it is. So, for yeah. them to then go and educate themselves that, you know, that there could be a better way to do this, it's, it's just, and it's probably the same with a lot of people in their personal lives like you could be doing so much better personally but you've actually got to feel like you could give yourself that time to then go and find out whatever it is you need to, to maybe yeah. learn or put You're in so I, I, think, yeah, I think I think that's it and and, and obviously look the, the online ordering guys you know COVID we, we, I've joked about with some friends like you know if COVID's a conspiracy find out the businesses that have you know, taken advantage of it and <laughs> I, you know, I was joking with the guys at Hungry Hungry the other day I was like oh no you guys are definitely behind COVID you know it's not the 5G towers <laughs> it's, it's Hungry Hungry and Mr. Yum and, and you know all that sort of yeah. stuff but but it's but it's you know it's it's at the end of the day it's it's I think it's it's awesome to have to to do stuff and and like I was saying before you know these these venues in in Sydney and Brisbane and Perth have been reaching out saying geez we just need something you know we need we need to get on top of our data because if something does happen we we need to be you know across it and, and able to use that so I I think it's just yeah it's it's, it's education and it's time so. Um, and there's a lot of providers out there, a lot of tech providers now, and it probably is quite overwhelming for a lot of businesses too. I mean, as I said, when I was at Racepack, we were the only ones in 2008, 2010, yeah. Dimmy hit the market. Um, you know, two years later, Quandu came in. There was one called Restolo out of Spain that came in for six months and then then left. And, and then, um, you know, now Book It started up and, you know, there's, there's this, and that's just the reservation side of things. And then we're not a massive market either. So, you know, compared to say a US or a, a UK or, or parts yeah. of Europe. So um, it's possibly just overwhelming. And, and then, and then you sort of just get into the. This is what I do. This is what I've always been doing. Why do I need to do anything different? And yeah, I don't want to change. Yeah, that, that's, mm -hmm. that's where we end up. So, um, but you know, as our line sort of elements takes a crisis, and you know, I've definitely picked up businesses who I've spoken to on and off for the six years I've been with my guest list. That suddenly went. Now we're ready. We need to do something. So that's, yeah, right. That's where we're at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the line yeah. of the was drawn, and all of a sudden they'll make a decision. That's it. That's it. Takes a crisis. Yep. Two more questions before I let you go, if that's all right. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious if, because you're right, there are there are a couple of players in this space, but I've always respected what you guys do. Like I think the service angle, especially of what you guys do and, and just how you communicate to the industry has always been a, a really big blessing of what the brand does. Um, is there a feature of the product or what you guys do as a brand that a lot of customers maybe not might not think of First off, when they start to do their benchmarking against other, you know, CRM platforms or, or service companies like yourself that yep. you think is freaking cool? I think, first of all, having integration with the key Australian providers. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of, of email systems and CRMs out there that will integrate with all the, the, the companies that are out of Silicon Valley and, and, yep. and, and over in the US and wherever it might be. But to have integrations with, you know, the Australian POS providers and the Australian reservation providers, we've got that. We keep on top of them. They're up to date. They, they're given 
all the data that, that a venue would, would want to use to be able to target their customers. Yes. And the, and the other side of it is the customer service side. So when somebody works with us, it isn't just, uh, you know, here's the keys you know, to the system, username yeah. and password, off you go, good luck. Uh, yeah, you can send us an email whenever you'd like. Mm. Yeah, that, that's it. And, and we'll, we'll get back to you in 72 hours. Yes. You, you can pick up the phone. You can talk to us. We're in Melbourne, so we're in a favorable time zone for the country. Um, you, can, you can lean on us for advice. You know, even talk about those owner-operator businesses that don't have dedicated marketing person, you know, person in charge. When using the marketing person is the functions or the reservations manager who has sort of been tasked with that job because the owner says, oh, well, you use Facebook. You know, you'd be good at that. Yeah, you'd be good um, at that. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 but they're also caught in their own silo of, of how they do things. So it's great they can pick up the phone, talk to an account manager and go, what do other venues do? Like we're looking to, you know, run this event on New Year's or, or we, we, we're, we're trying to relaunch something or whatever it might be. What have other venues done? Now, we're not going to go away and say, oh, you know, venue X, Y, and Z did this and they got these results. Yes. That wouldn't be fair to share the results. But to go, this works well. Well, more importantly, stay away from this or, or, or avoid these pitfalls yeah. in, in whatever it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that service is really important. And, I mean, we, we, we will get back to, to people within the day as well. And, you know, even if we don't have a direct answer for them now, they'll hear from us. They know yeah. we've got their, their support query or whatever it is that they need. So um, I think that's, that's what, what our customers here really like is, is that they can talk to us as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we listen to them. The, the product ultimately gets developed based on feedback from, from venues and what they're after and what they need. Like, yeah, there are things that we'll throw in there that, that they'd even think of and go, great, this is fantastic. You know, we can do this automation or now use this data or whatever it is. But, but usually it's, it's, it's coming from feedback from, from our customers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the last question I'm asking at the moment before I let you go, if that's okay, cool. is, um, is what are you looking forward to getting back to that you can't do at the moment? That's a, like a COVID thing that you're really excited about before COVID happened that you can't do at the moment that you can't wait to get back to, Mark. Is it personally or, or as a business? Oh, either. That's oh. I've never had anyone ask me that before. I, person, oh, I, personally is the usual response I get. Oh, okay. Right, right. Well, well personally, I think... Um, it was getting back to the gym. I mean, the, the online classes are great. And, yes. you know, the second time around, they gave us a weight and that was awesome. I, uh, but, you know, if you get to a point in the, you know, for, you know, week 12 of week 16 that you're just like, yeah, I'd kind of like to get back in and maybe socialise a bit and yes. use, use something more than my 12 kilo dumbbell. That, that'd be nice. So, <laughs> um, so that, that was personally, um, I've got a little one-year-old actually. So, oh, um, you know, it wasn't like it was, yeah, get, get back out to the pub every weekend or go clubbing or anything like that. So, uh, but it's nice to take him to the playground now and, and that sort of stuff. So that, that's been good. But for, from a business point of view, I, th- I think what we've really been looking forward to, and I guess we've been working on it through, through the lockdown, was, mm. was helping venues get away from playing defensive. So mm. rather than just reacting to everything, it's like, let's get proactive. You know, like I spoke about before, that, that insurance policy, make sure you're on top of your data, you've got the right systems in place. Because what I did notice when we went into second lockdown here, there, there wasn't a panic amongst the venues. And there wasn't a panic because they already had their online ordering system set up. They knew what they were doing. They, you know, knew how to now use SMS as a way to communicate. They, uh, you know, just, just had things in place from, from that first lockdown that they'd learned. And, and I think that's, that's what we're really trying to encourage venues to do is, is, is stop being on the defense, like let's let's yeah. move more to an offensive pitch position where we're, we're able to be on top of things and, and, and be ahead rather than constantly chasing our tails. Yeah, let's let's be strategic more than anything. I think it's Correct. a fabulous thing that's coming out of yeah. this situation, as bad as it is. Um, yeah, Mark, thanks so much for joining me. How What's the best way that people can find out about the amazing brand and contact you? 
Yeah, look, probably our website to start with, uh, myguestlist.com or, or .com.au will take you to the same, the same way. Um, you can inquire through the, the contact section on the website um, or you can drop me an email directly, uh, mark with a K, M-A-R-K, at myguestlist.com. Um, happy to have a chat with you as well. Um, that'd, that'd be the best way. Fantastic. Mark from My Guest List, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. Much appreciated.